grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God and our Heavenly Father, each year you give us the opportunity to remember those who have now joined with you in an everlasting peace. May we be here gathered together in the presence of all of your saints and with all of those around your throne to give glory, honor, and praise and thanksgiving for the blessings that you have given to us through Christ Jesus our Lord. We pray this in his name. Amen. You may be seated. It is indeed an honor to be here this morning, to be here at St. Paul Lutheran Church and celebrating All Saints Sunday. As we come together, I thank Pastor Oppold for the opportunity to be able to bring God's word to you. As we come together and sing that great and mighty hymn that we just sang, talking about the great things that await us and the great things that are taking place in glory everlasting with those who have gone together to be with Christ Jesus. I was wondering as I was preparing for this if you all have a favorite hymn. Amazing grace comes to mind and behold the host arrayed in white and for all the saints obviously are the ones that are here. But one of my favorites is the peace that we get out of the hymn Jerusalem the Golden. When I die I want to have all of the whole family and everyone that is gathered there to know that that is the hymn of victory, the hymn that is there for us to see what it is that Christ Jesus has done for us to shed his blood and to give us that blessings of righteousness that we may be with him forever. These are the kinds of songs that we will sing forever and ever in heaven. Maybe Jerusalem the Golden will become the national anthem of everybody gathered around the throne of God. Well, here we are, though, however, singing, as we should, in the presence of God, singing the songs of the saints. We try to hum the tunes that we are listening to today. And well, as far as I can read from the text of the first lesson, if you don't know the songs of the saints, you will know them by heart in life everlasting in heaven. So how do you suppose the songs of the saints goes? Oh, when the saints, no, that's New Orleans. It may be the idea behind it, but the words that come from St. John and his revelation is, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You see, when St. John saw the revelation that God had given him, he heard the multitudes of saints singing these songs before the throne of God. And when the saints sing their part, the whole company of angels and elders and all of the apostles and the rest of the heavenly host respond in kind with singing, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength to our God forever and ever. Amen. Now, Frederick Handel in his Messiah used those words, but that's not how we're going to learn them. Salvation is proclaimed and sung with gusto because our salvation is our deliverance from the affliction of sin, our escape from this life of meaninglessness. Our eternal life belongs with God, our Lord, because he designed salvation to be given to us when he sent Jesus Christ to take away the sins of all of mankind. He owns that right to offer salvation out of his grace 
but gives it freely to us for the sake of our Savior Jesus Christ. St. John writes, these in the white robes, who are they and where did they come from? And one of the elders finally responded and said, these are they who come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that he willingly shed for you but where do we get this? When did Jesus spread his tent over us and give us this robe of righteousness that we will never be harmed, that we'll never be more in pain, that we will never suffer ever again, and there will be no tears coming from our eyes? But unfortunately, there are those and many who believe that they can make it to heaven apart from being washed in the blood of God, our lamb, the sacrificial blood that Christ shed on the cross for our redemption. They prepare for heaven like they're preparing for some kind of a dinner party. Some are so meticulous. You've seen them. They want to make sure that they look right. They want to practice laboring, doing the right things, saying the right things, dressing the right way, combing their hair the right way, the way that they think that holy people should look like as they prepare to go to heaven. They don't eat and drink some things because they don't want to take a chance of putting a spot or a wrinkle on their own preparations. But God's word is actually very clear about this. That's the kind of preparation isn't what God wants, and it certainly is not what he is offering to us. Just one little flippant remark, one little thing that we look a little bit badly, badly at another person, one little dirty look, one lackluster feeling about going to church or going to Sunday school or doing our worship together or our devotions as our family, is enough to put one little spot and wrinkle on that request of perfect righteousness as we stand before God. But that's to say nothing about what happens in the other hours of the week. What about lying? What about cheating and stealing and lustful living? What about debauchery and the vulgarities that seem to be so prevalent in our society today? They're never okay. How can this life then be cleansed? How can we stand before God in perfect righteousness? By working harder? By doing ten attaboys to make up for that one oopsie? No. Only in the blood of the Lamb, our Savior Jesus Christ, can cleanse us to cover with the righteousness that is perfect and acceptable before God, the righteousness of Christ, that we may stand before his throne. But that's why all of the heaven are going to be seeing the praises of this Lamb of God because he is the only way by which anyone could be made acceptable in the sight of God and stand in his perfect presence, covering us with what is called the tent of his righteousness. So are we singing the songs of the saints yet? I am. And so are you. That's why you came to worship here today. That's why we're singing the praises to God right along with all of the saints that are gathered together with him before the throne of God who have fallen asleep in Christ and are there in the glorious presence of our almighty God right now. So can we sing for all the saints for the rest of this week? Or do we sing a different kind of tune? Another kind of tune about 
how well we have done in our accomplishments, how good our family is, how great our grades are in school, or how we look, or the acts of righteousness that we have taken care of somebody else, or how we're not so bad as all of those others out there. Does this become the counter-melody of our days about ourselves and the way that it's one of the songs that really matters the songs of the saints in praise of God. You see, St. John talks about these saints that are gathered there together in heaven, what they're wearing, what they're singing, but it still all points to Jesus. In other words, the only thing that really matters in heaven won't be how many friends we have, how big and important our jobs were, or how much money we made, or how well we did in school. The only thing that counts is how we have been redeemed by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord who gave us his perfect life in that tent of righteousness. And that's why we sing here today and that's why we will sing in heaven everlasting in a continuous praise of him. But sometimes it's tough for us to sing those songs of the saints we're so busy with all of this other stuff. We're so preoccupied with the troubles that just trying to survive as we go through this journey of life. But that's when the second verse of the Song of the Saints is here to help us. It goes like this. Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to God forever and ever. Amen. And instead of relying upon our smarts, our merits, our good looks, or our strengths, or whatever it is that we've relied on to get ahead in this life, why not just rely on the one who is truly wise and powerful, the holy, righteous Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of all of the world? When I was in parish, it seemed that every person who ever came to my office realizing that they had made a big mistake, or they had done some terrible things in their lives, and they had lived as if God didn't matter, they inevitably came to me and said something like to the effect of, I guess I really need to get my life together. I need to turn myself around. No, you see, that's part of the problem. We can't change the disease that lurks within us, that incurable disease that rots our spirit deep inside because the mother of all diseases is sin. Not only do we sin, but we are sin. We are sin from the time of our conception, and that's why we cannot, on our own, cure that nagging inclination toward perfect purity. Luther said, temptation comes from Satan, the world, and our own sinful flesh. The last one is actually the most difficult for us to do. Here, put your hands together. As you put your hands together, push as hard as you can until one of your hands gives up. It doesn't work. And that's us struggling against the sinfulness that is inside of us. It's like trying to defeat our own fleshly desires. We can't cure the source of that ultimate disease on our own. We need a savior. It is God who is powerful, just, and right. Remember the song of the saints is the one we have learned from faith. From the littlest child to the oldest person in the congregation, we learn the songs of the saints by faith in Christ Jesus because scripture says, faith is the substance of things that are hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. 
In other words, having faith can only make sense if we see it in the life from the advantage point of wanting to be with Jesus in heaven, taking our place with all of the saints. It's only when we are there, when we are there in the presence of God that we will just see how powerful, wise, and gracious has been toward us even now on this journey. God gave St. John the privilege to get a glimpse of God's power in his revelation that is recorded for our edification. He saw people of all nations and all tribes, all walks of life, all languages brought together in one place, singing that one song of, by one heart and one voice. Countless people of earth who have tried to unite people into one gigantic group, worldwide religious, one world government, and all of that. It just won't happen because sin will always divide us, at least on this side of eternity. But the end of all the division of people isn't the only thing that God will give to us as we look toward in heaven. St. John records that in heaven the Lamb of God will, will tend to all of our needs. He will serve us with that banquet of victory, and today he will give us a foretaste of that feast that is to come he will serve us with that bank of victory, a royal banquet feast that will have no end. And St. John writes, he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over us. Never again, will he, never again will we hunger. Never again will we thirst. The sun will not beat upon us, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Why are we told that in heaven God will spread his tent over us? A tent seems temporary. Of course, God isn't talking about a tent that we'd buy at Walmart. No, the picture that God, John is making here is all about the tents of the nomadic tribes that they used in that day. They were their semi-permanent homes in this endless journey as it is for us today in this wandering journey toward the time where we come to the home that God has prepared for us. But the tent is a shelter, a permanent, now a shelter for, with God's almighty arms and his gracious wings, the righteousness of Christ that is extended to us, wings that outstretched arms who came to save us and embraces you and me in the here and now and all of those who are already with God in that everlasting glory of that unchangeable mercy and love wings outstretched to gather us in, to suffer and to die in our place so that we can be with him in that majestic, glorious kingdom with God's kingdom forever and ever. So isn't this actually the kind of God who deserves our praise? The kind of God we should sing honor and glory? That's why we sing the songs of the saints that he has taught us by faith, because it's all about Jesus all those in, with whom in glory already sing this song, they bask in his glory and they eat his banquet feast. So our great privilege today is here to come and join together with them as we gather around as he comes to serve us, as he leads us and he feeds us while we're still living on this journey until we are joined together in the glory of that company that is around him with our God, the Lamb, and all of the loved ones who have been saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, who is our song of the saints forever. Amen.
And now may the peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.